beware the court of owls that watches all the time, ruling Gotham from a shadowed perch behind granite and lime. They watch you at your hearth. They watch you in your bed. Speak not a whispered word about them, or they'll send a talon for your head. Hey everybody, this is Timmy Time of the Batman Revolution Podcast. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Did I get it in time, Tim? Man, that was perfect. Okay, good. I think that's this the first. Is, but, but I did forget, this is episode 84. But you didn't stumble or anything. You just had a smooth transition from Timmy Time to Batman Revolution to the pod, Batman Universe Podcast Network, and then boom, right there. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of stumbled over the episode 84. So, and <laughs> I kind of forgot fun. about it. Well, I guess you. it's good to always have something to try to improve on, so yeah. <laughs> maybe next time. Yeah, it's kind of like a minor leaguer that never, ever gets to the majors. Yeah, like... You're a really good hitter, but you need to work on your defense. Or you're good defense, you can hit the fastball, but you can't hit the off-speed stuff. <laughs> yeah, and you're not really hitting for power. Yeah. You need power. <laughs> Always something. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway... Um, you're back. <laughs> yeah, back. I, and I think we should thank uh, Josh for uh, coming on here and sharing his opinions and uh, replacing me for uh, episode right Tim <laughs> uh, let's be honest Dane no one can replace you but <laughs> having Josh on was great yeah we had some great discussions getting into the topic again about Scott Snyder and then yeah talking Earth One stuff so yeah thanks again Josh for filling in it was great but you know I was thinking I mean he he's a nice guy he's a cool guy I like him uh but I was thinking maybe we should like start like a uh, um, some drama with him or a, a beef with him, <laughs> like 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 just a fake beef. Like like we should say that your opinions are bad or something, <laughs> something to that effect, just so we can get more listeners. Yeah. <laughs> we should say like you're valid to your opinion, show. but your opinion is wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a reality TV show where they get like a racist with. An ethnic person. <laughs> <laughs> the fake <There's> some... drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, boost ratings and all. Of course they're going to fight. The guy's a racist and the other guy is African-American or something. Like... <laughs> Have a lot with like the biggest Scott Snyder fanboy or something like that. <laughs> oh. Or a Grant Morrison hater or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which I'm sure you can easily find both of those type of people somewhere out there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you can. Especially... Um, uh, the, the Scott Snyder fanboys. I I guess we can classify ourselves in that category, can't we? Yeah, I, I mean, I, no, I'd say we're big Scott Snyder's fans, but I think fanboys is something where, like, there's, like, everything just for, because they have to type of thing, maybe. Where, oh, even though you know, I don't like the Mr. Freeze story arc. Oh, wait, yeah. I do like it, at least for a few months. But <laughs> at least until October. <laughs> so yeah, I think when like when you when I say fanboys for like the super fanboys, but it's like someone who just always like likes it through stuff no matter what. Like they can't do no wrong. And like maybe even if they don't like it, they're too scared to admit it <laughs> because they don't want to look like a bad fan or something like that. That's like so the like, super uber fanboy. So like a fanboy to you would be like a Batman fan saying that 
uh, Forever and Batman and Robin are better than the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Oh man, I don't think that exists. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was people out there who guy. like them, but to say they're better than that, I don't know. There, there was this one guy who was kind of harassing El Mayimbe of, uh, well, he has his new site now, but. Like, uh, he sent a link, I mean, he, um, he posted a link on Twitter to this guy's video, and he was like, the reason why the, um, the Schumacher movies are better than the Nolan movies is because they made more money, or something like that. Um, what? <laughs> uh, I, I, That's not even factually accurate. <laughs> I don't think Batman no, made a billion dollars. <laughs> He, he was saying something like there would be no Christopher Nolan trilogy without Batman and Robin. Yeah, because it was so bad. That's Batman true, yeah. forever. <laughs> and he gave all these re- I, I wish I could find that video again. Oh, man. Like, he gave all these reasons why Val Kilmer was a good Batman. Wow. I, well, apparently someone does exist who thinks it's better than a Nolan trilogy. Wow. <laughs> See, there is a Joe Schumacher fanboy right there. <laughs> yeah, and he, he absolutely hates he hates the the um, Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, I know there's a lot of haters out there too, but it's, uh, I don't see how anyone can make the argument that those movies are better than Chris Nolan's. I mean, just from a movie making standpoint, really, regardless of the characterizations of Batman and the story, just how the movies are made, <laughs> there's no comparisons. Man. Well, maybe if you just don't get it, like you just don't understand. Uh, you well, just don't like, understand what's going on. There's real Clooney fanboys out there, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have to like it better because it's Clooney. I wonder if there's a guy out there that's like, George Clooney is the greatest Batman <laughs> in the history of Batman. See, there's probably someone out there who will say it, but do they actually mean it? That's what I... So, so there might be someone who said that just, you know, to be different, but to actually mean it, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be one person... There's got to be one guy. You're probably right. I mean, this is a big fandom of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the Christopher Nolan trilogy sucks. And I like I like the serials. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like the 40... The, like yeah, 40s? the 40s ones. Are, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ones that are, like, racist. <laughs> it's like when, I, when you, people make comments like that, when they yeah. like, say the bad things are better than what the majority of people think are good, it's like they say it just to cause the reaction. They probably haven't even seen it, and they're just saying it to say it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's the uh, sometimes the feeling I get with it. Maybe there's some. I mean, of course there's some who've seen everything in Batman. Maybe they do like it, but yeah, sometimes you just get those those types of fans who are just trying to make themselves like be heard because they're want to sound different and that'll turn get their people's attention to what they're saying and stuff yeah. like that. So. I wonder if there's a guy that's like, I like David Finch's Dark Knight. Uh, his drawings? Yes, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Writing? I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, would the Dark Knight trilogy really be so bad if we're doing a minute-by-minute commentary on one of its movies? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean... Maybe it's because like the 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 Batman universe did a commentary for um, Batman and Robin mm-hmm. and Batman Forever. So I mean maybe maybe there are people that 
Well, no, that's the kind of thing. Do commentaries, but don't like the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to do it too. I mean, when you, when you're doing commentaries for the movies, it'd be kind of silly to leave out the two worst ones just because you don't like them. It's like you got to do them anyway. Heck, we even tried to do it a while oh, ago. That was bad. Oh, that forever one was. Yeah, it was <laughs> hard to sit I, through. I, I totally forgot how boring that was. Yeah, it's because they're trying so hard to insert some seriousness in that movie, but. It's just not working out. Like I remember, like kind of like the final sequence uh, where um, uh, Batman goes to the island and uh, Joker. I mean, not Joker. Um, Two Face and uh, <laughs> you might as well call him the Joker because that's yeah. what like. <laughs> Two Face and Riddler on that uh, island, and it's like that whole scene. It's like it just drags on and on. And this is after hours of stalker Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, creepily like smiling because <laughs> Chase Meridian likes it. The greatest Batman image ever. <laughs> uh, I mean, but the chemistry between Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer was just perfect, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like um, it's like an uncooked. It's it's what I imagine uh, an uncooked filet fish patty would taste like. <laughs> That's what I think. Oh man, that's so much chemistry there. <laughs> <laughs> As an uncooked fillet of fish patty. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, that that sounds like something that you would see in a negative review. <laughs> yeah. Well, Julie Mad- Madison wasn't that much better. I mean, she was barely in that movie. I know, she's forgettable <laughs> more than anything. It's like she only has that one scene, right? Yeah. Or like that she, dinner scene. She asked him to get married to marry her or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like all awkward after that. <laughs> okay, you don't even need to be in the movie anymore. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be an action figure of you, so we just need one scene. You know. <laughs> I don't think they're going to make any Julie Madison Barbie dolls. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to cut all the rest of your scenes, and you're only going to have this one, so because that's what was in your contract. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She probably thought, yes, I'm going to be in the, the next Batman movie. It's going to be so big and huge. <laughs> What's the name of that actress? Was it Elle McPherson? Yeah, Elle McPherson, yeah, okay. man. Why was she in that movie? <laughs> uh, you got to have some romantic uh, <laughs> relationship in the movie, I guess. I guess yeah, finding yeah. over Poison Ivy wasn't cutting it <laughs> between Dick and Bruce. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, or, I mean, to tone down the, the gay <laughs> stereotypes, I think. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's why they put that in there. Just so they wouldn't be like, oh, Batman and Robin are gay. Yeah, because those <laughs> costumes were not helping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially the silver ones. Oh, gosh. <laughs> 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 But, uh, yeah, we need to get that bad taste out of our mouth. Yeah, though. let's get to the good one. Let's yeah. get to Dark Knight Rises commentary, minute-by-minute minute commentary thing. Um, so this episode, we're going from minute 38 to 39. So just queue up your Batman media, your Dark Knight Rises media, like your beta tape, your VHS tape, your projector, film, film projector. Take out your Batman and Robin copy that you're watching and pop in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, because you think that that's the superior movie <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. Just because you want to be cool to all your friends. 
Oh man, that's not the best way to try to be cool, but uh, I guess you can try whatever you want. Yeah, you can try. I mean, there's nothing saying you can't, but guess you might want to try something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a minute by minute commentary, which we're going to start in three, two, one, hit play, Tim. I mean, come on, what's cooler than doing a minute by minute commentary? I'd like to hear it. Yeah, I mean, it, it just proves how big of bat fans we are. I did like seeing this whole underground bunker full of tumblers. Yeah, it's great to see Bruce and uh, Lucius back together. This got played in a lot of TV spots, too, I remember. Yeah. It's Mr. Wayne comes in black. <laughs> I don't know. We're seeing a bit of the bat, but I don't know if we'll get the full reveal of it. Oh, come on. <laughs> We're seeing its blasters right now. You're just flirting with us. Yeah. <laughs> You're teasing us. I still wish they just would have went with the Batwing as the name. It's that hard to add the extra word in there. Yeah. Well, you can kind of see it. Now, he says, he mentions the autopilot here. When you were watching it for the first time, did you think that that was going to come into play as the minute's over <laughs> at the end of the movie? Did you, did you realize then that that's going to be Bruce's out? Not that first time, but the second time. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, so, so Mr. Wayne, how's that autopilot? He's like, still haven't fixed it or something like that. You see, maybe I was just so engrossed in the movie or I'm just dumb to <laughs> not realize it, but I didn't, it didn't click to me until like the very end. Even when the plane exploded, I was just too busy wondering, oh man, did he actually kill Batman? Is he actually dead? To pretty much go back and think about the autopilot. But when you go back and watch it for the second time, you kind of see how obvious it is of <laughs> the point they're trying to make to keep reminding you that it's there. But I don't know. I guess I was just too oblivious to it. <laughs> or, like I said, I'd like to think I was just so engrossed with the movie that I didn't pay attention or notice that I was yeah. going to come back to play later. Yeah, well, you see, I didn't notice that um, that end part where uh, Lucius asked those technician guys, you know, uh, who, who did the last patch oh, okay. in the... Yeah, I didn't... All I heard was Bruce Wayne. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> See, that's He's where I finally then. picked up on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where I got my smile back. Like like everyone else at the end of the movie, yes, he's alive. <laughs> but, you know, keeping with the theme of these movies, uh, especially the Dark Knight trilogy, I have to read this review of uh, Legends of the Night that it's directed. Oh, yes. <laughs> you did tweet that out. Po- that was funny. Just <laughs> quite possibly, like I said in the tweet, it's quite simply the greatest review for anything. Um, and if you don't rem- remember what Legends of the Night is, it's a documentary that has nothing to do with the Dark Knight trilogy whatsoever, yeah. right? It's a great documentary. Yeah, right? it's and, about fans and it's how Batman's impacted like, different peoples and different communities, so yeah, nothing right. to do about the movies. All right, so <laughs> this review, the title of this review is No Action, Worst of the Dark Knight Trilogy. I mean, seriously, it's all about people who want to be Batman and the real Batman appear for short amounts of time, not punching anything. <laughs> Heck, you can see him chatting with the Joker. This movie lacked everything Batman. <laughs> it's got a one star, huh? Yeah, it's a one star. Wow, man. See, like, right now I'm thinking, can that actually be real? Is that actually someone who thought it was supposed to be a real Batman movie, not yeah. A and I mean, no offense to this person, but can you really be that clueless? Yeah. <laughs> can, can you be that clueless? Yeah, like part of me thinks that has to be a joke, but when maybe if it was a joke, you'd still give it like 
a higher rating and as far as stars go. So yeah, you know, yeah. since it's one, it's like he was really disappointed. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes, <laughs> that was possibly the greatest review ever. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, Tim, why don't you talk about our featured topic for this episode? Will do. Yes, the featured topic is going to be why I personally think the Court of Owls need to be the main villains of the next solo Batman movie. Now, I pretty much had Court of Owls on the brain for a while, <laughs> ever since I saw the Batman vs. Robin animated movie, which I haven't really had a chance to talk about, but I really liked it. I mean, I think it's one of the better standalone Batman animated movies. It wasn't like a pitched, like perfect panel by panel, word for word adaption of the Court of Owls, but and I actually wasn't expecting that. I was curious, like, how much is it going to be adapted from Scott Snyder's story? And it had actually more than I thought it would. I mean, it had, like, the flashback with Bruce Wayne uh, trying to th- thinking that they were responsible for his parents' murder. I wasn't expecting to see that, and that was handled great. And then they didn't go full-blown crazy like the comics with uh, Batman in the labyrinth of the Court of Owls where he gets drugged. But they do have that sequence in there, and then they add some other cool stuff that was really, really cool to see. And just seeing the court out of the comics and into animation, it was just really cool, and they worked really well. So, And then after seeing the movie, a few weeks later, I watched the, some of the special features on there that had like documentaries as far as Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, how they came up with the idea and how the Court of Owls, um, how they're pretty much a big staple in the Batman rogues gallery now. And then as I was watching, I was thinking, as they talked about what makes them work, it's like, you know what? I think they really need to be the next villain in the be- sol- the first solo Ben Affleck movie. And I think there's a couple of reasons why Why I think it, it would be perfect. First off, you, Batman has a big rose gallery. We all know that. And it's always wondering, like, who are they going to use? When they start a reboot, like, everyone wants to see the big villains again. And I know we've talked about this a lot. Like, we want to see more of the lesser-known villains, that, at least to the like general audience, and some of the more fantastical villains like Man-Bat and Clayface. But if they really want to do something truly different just with the villains and just from a story standpoint, I think they got to do go with the Court of Owls. I mean, it'll set this Ben Affleck era of Batman totally different from the Nolan movies if they go this route because it'd be something we've never seen before in a Batman story other than what we got in the comics. Because this Batman, as we know, and how I think it'll work really well is that this is an established Batman. He's been around for a while. And I think we're going to kind of see... Uh, probably like a cocky attitude to him in Batman v Superman, kind of like we see in the comics where he thinks he knows everything, especially probably would be some of the arguments he has with Superman and maybe in Justice League with the other heroes where he knows crime fighting, he knows the cities like inside out. And if we get that established in, like I said, Batman v Superman, even Suicide Squad and Justice League, I think this would be a perfect next step if he gets a solo movie after that because, as we all know, the main story of Court of Owls was showing how this secret organization existed without Batman knowing and just what trouble they caused for him. And just to kind of see what we saw in the comics, like Batman respond to that, how he really got messed up and just almost humbled in a way realizing like, I do not know like the city as well as I used to. And then just the psychological aspect that we can get in the Batman movie that I don't necessarily think we've gotten, we've gotten psychological aspects in the Nolan movies, but different, different ways of that. But I think having Batman shown like, really be humbled where he doesn't these villains are pretty much taking him down a ride he was not expecting to go through like he said if they get um good adaptions of like the whole labyrinth sequence in there i mean that'll be amazing to see on screen and just like like i said the psychological threat they'll pose to him as a villain it would just be big 
uh, I, I just got excited just thinking about it. Just the perfect like new villain to bring into this new era of Batman movies because I think it really needs to set itself apart. And I've seen uh, there's probably people out there who would think, oh, they're too new. Actually, uh, Mark sent a reply to my tweet when I said that, saying he thinks they're not established just yet. But I think that would help make it work good because the audience won't be too familiar with them, but Batman won't be too familiar with them either. So it's kind of like the audience will get established with those characters as Batman is and just seeing how big of a threat they will be. And just also, too, from a visual standpoint, I mean, how cool would it be to see <laughs> members of the Court of Owls on screen there? And then also, too, the talents. That's another thing I think it'll be perfect, too. For those wanting great action sequences, seeing Batman in really cool choreographed fight sequences against the talent would be awesome. I mean, the Nolan movies, the Bane fight's awesome, but I really want to see in this next era of Batman movie, see Batman's martial arts skills shown off. I mean, I think of uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, those fight sequences that Cap did. That's like, I want to see Batman do that. <laughs> Some of those fight choreographies were awesome. And just to see him go against the talents would look cool visually and just a perfect opportunity for him to show off his martial arts skill, which is I'm dying to see in a Batman movie. So you got those two things. And then another thing I think would be really good too, for those who are maybe want to see more villains in here too. I mean, there's ways to put like sprinkle in like a killer croc or a Clayface for like a scene or two, like an opening sequence. But here's the thing. If you really want to adapt the comic story, how cool would the be for the movie to begin? And then we get that sequence in Arkham where you got all those villains in there. It was Batman and, joker slash dick grayson <laughs> taking them on i mean how cool would we get jared leto in for like one sequence there they're fighting alongside each other then it's revealed to be that it's dick grayson who hopefully is in this uh universe we don't know just yet but yeah i just think it hit all the right beats if it's done properly the, the groundwork is laid out in the comics for them to do a successful story and i just think it'd be something so unique and different for a batman movie that audience won't expect and i think it'll blow a lot of people away for cool action sequences a great stories that'll show that batman is always not uh like one step ahead of everyone i mean like we kind of got that a little bit with the dark knight and the joker but to see like the court of owls did it to him mentally and physically i mean they really messed them up <laughs> in those stories so if we get stuff like that uh it's just gonna be awesome so i know i rambled on a little bit here <laughs> about why they could be the perfect move for this standalone batman movie if we get one even but i don't know what do you think dane do you think that meg's saying going a little too far saying they'd be perfect or <laughs> what did, I don't know, what do you think about the whole idea uh well you said it just uh to have somebody new something mm-hmm. new not the same old villains not penguin oh please uh, no <laughs> not penguin or you know mr freeze or are are you talking about an animated movie or are you talking about a live action movie oh yeah live action like i said ben affleck oh, live and, action yeah oh um yeah just something new so and i think maybe something new for the no no because bane had kind of had his cult going too so yeah, it's, uh, yeah no it's like a whole but yeah but this would be a different type because they were like almost like terrorists as far as in dark knight rises yeah this there's like a secret society type thing where they have their assassins but the majority of the group like they don't do their own dirty work like they're behind the scenes a lot and like they just send a few talents out. Yeah, I guess it'd work. Yeah. I mean, ju- just to have something new in the, in the Batman movies, whether they be live action or animated, but 
at the same time, I can kind of see what what uh, was it Mark mm-hmm. was saying, yeah, about how they are kind of new and they, besides the Court of Owls story, they haven't really been used very well. Yeah, that's true. Especially like the the spinoff books, yeah, like Batwing or Catwoman, of course, because Catwoman's been terrible. Even the uh, monthly ongoing series of Talon. I mean, it's got canceled yeah. now, but I heard it was okay. I don't know if it was really great, though. Right, right. So, I that's, don't... That's yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, because I'd like to see something new in the in the Batman movies, but at the same time, Mike... Uh, not Mike. <laughs> Marine Mark. There we go. Marine Mark may have a point. Yeah, see, I would counter that, too, as far as them being too new. I mean, we got a perfect example with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That movie was based off a comic. I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy were like from the early days of Marvel, I think like around the 60s, 70s, but the characters they used as a team for the movie, they were first established in 2008. And so just six years later, they brought them into a movie. We saw how successful that was and how audience took to them. So I think that can be done the same way with Court of Owls, where by the time we get a standalone solo Ben Affleck Batman movie, it'll be probably just about six years, maybe even more since the court of owls were introduced. But the key is getting them right. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard if you go by what Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo did. I mean, that whole series can make for such a great movie. I just like the idea because if it was, if this was like a new Batman in this DC's uh, movie universe, I don't think it would work that well. I mean, he has to be established a little bit. Because like I was saying, since Ben Affleck is going to be experienced as Batman for a few years, it's looking like, and to kind of be like have this cocky attitude, but then see him like be brought to his knees in a way against these villains, and like be humbled and like just almost get defeated by something he did not expect happening, I think it's going to be really cool to see and something that will be different than what we have seen with him in Batman v Superman and in Justice League. But yeah, potential's there. I mean... I'm I kind of psyched myself up to this idea so much where it might be a little disappointed <laughs> if they go with kind of the traditional villains for a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie if it's like you know like you said another uh like Joker I mean I can't be too disappointed with Joker but I don't think we will since we've seen him in Suicide Squad but if we get like uh the Two-Face or uh Bane again I mean that'd be a little redundant so if they're going to use some of Batman's familiar rogues who've been established already. Like I said, we'd want to see Mr. Freeze, Clayface, Man Bat, those type. But right now, I'm just getting my mind all psyched up where it's like the Court of Owls would just be perfect. I mean, if they just use them first, I mean, they can only really just use them once. They don't need to have them linger on in these sequels or anything. Just have tell one good stories with them as the main threat. And then it could even be something that'll change Batman's character afterwards. Who knows? And they can use that as a way to... One, if they want to do something different with him later on and just how he interacts with maybe the other Justice League members in Justice League Part 2 or something, I don't know. But there's so many great opportunities there from a story level, from an action level. I mean, you can have awesome sequences with him fighting one-on-one with the Tylans and then for the climactic battle at the end where they all go through the Batcave and he has to get in that big mech suit. That was an awesome moment in the animated movie. They did a good job adapting that. But seeing that in live action would be awesome. But I will bring this up too. I mean... Mark mentioned this too in his tweet, how he doesn't think they should do the whole Lincoln March thing, which I agree with. If they're going to do this in a movie, don't bring that in there. <laughs> you can like introduce a new character as someone who will end up being like the main talent who Batman has to fight at the end or something, or establish a few new new characters that have a red herring where you try to mislead the audience thinking he's the bad guy, but he's not. Something like that. But 
if you want to name him Lincoln March, that's fine, but don't go the whole <laughs> Thomas Wayne Jr. thing and he's Bruce's brother. That would just add too much to it. I mean, the Court of Owls story stood fine on its own without having that in there. So, but what if they do an 89 kind of thing where it was like you saw Harvey Dent, but he wasn't Two-Face yet? Mm, would you think having him as a talent or just have like as a red heron type thing? Yeah, just a red herring okay, kind of thing yeah, where like fans way. would know that Lincoln March is Bruce's brother and like one of the talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they could go that way, but I prefer if they just leave the whole Bruce has a brother thing, <laughs> like open too many cans of worms. I think it might not sit well with a lot of people. Like I think general audiences too, it might cause more confusion. I would think, but right. Yeah, but you got to have someone who's more like the. I mean, I wouldn't mind it if we don't get a villain with <laughs> that's face is covered with an owl mask or a talon mask. I think that'd be fine. But, you know, they usually like to put a face on a villain, at least at some point in the movie. So <laughs> they'd probably have to introduce some new character to kind of be like the head of the court or the main talon he has to fight at the end. Because they did something like that in the animated movie. But you kind of knew it right off the bat when that character was introduced. It's like, oh that character is going to end up being the big bad guy. <laughs> so they didn't do a good job of keeping it a secret or a surprise. So if they are going to go that route, they would need to, like I said, establish a few new characters. So where one's a red herring and one's the actual villain. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I would really like to see it because we see it's so said it so much now where the court of owls is really kind of, they already established themselves as one of the great Batman villains, at least in my opinion. And I know a few others, I'm sure there's some who don't think so, but I think they're on that level where they could make for this a really, really cool Batman movie, as we saw with the comics and in the animated movie. And I figure, why not live action? <laughs> why not put it on the biggest stage so the whole world can get to see like how great of an idea the Court of Owls really is? You're sounding like a fanboy now, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Call me a Court of Owls fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I did not like the ending, so I'm not totally gushing but <laughs> yeah well neither did i so yeah. <laughs> i guess we're that's why they should leave lincoln march out of it <laughs> <laughs> um so is so that it tim yeah I, I think i laid my points out <laughs> why i think it'd work and be so Jeez, that was like a it was almost like i was you're the studio and i'm pitching it to you <laughs> <laughs> so dane do i have a project do i have the go-ahead to direct this movie no you do not <sighs> <laughs> I can't take it to another studio because Warner Brothers owns it all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, um, we got just a couple of news things. Uh, we got a bunch of Suicide Squad images from sets. Um, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I know. It's like they don't even care who sees what. David Ayer, I don't know if you saw his tweet like a few days ago saying like the outdoors filming is done, so like everything's gonna be like shooting on set now and he goes, Don't worry, we saw plenty of surprises left for this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get to see um Batman on top of Joker's uh Lamborghini. Uh and a bunch of other th- stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, and that Lance thing or the Kryptonite uh what is it called? The Kryptonite spear or gun. See, I didn't see that. You didn't see that? Uh-uh. That's something that just happened a few days ago, or today even? <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. That that was in the trailer, and uh, somebody said that it was um, Batman's weapon against Superman. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that's yeah. Not, what, that's what he's going to use to fight him? Yeah, oh, a kryptonite okay. spear or a spear gun or 
I don't know, something like that. Yeah, but man, these photos, man, this is some of the best shots we've got of that bat suit, and I just love it more and more every time I see it. I mean, it's it's perfect. And in these yeah. photos of him on uh, Joker's Lamborghini, obviously his cape's going to be CGI <laughs> on there. But man, this yeah, it's the same so, thing with Superman. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And even some of the set videos that uh, fans got to film of this sequence, this just looks so cool. You first you see the Joker's car, him and Harley are in it, which is like I said last episode, just cool to see those two characters in live yeah. action for the first time. And then you throw yeah, Batman we, in there. <laughs> yeah, and we got a bunch of pictures of of Harley of uh, Margot Robbie as Harley. Yeah, like both in makeup and just as Harleen Quinzel it looks like too. Yeah, on the motorcycle. Yep. Yeah. Man, I just can't wait to see the sequence because yeah. if you think about it, we really haven't seen in a Batman movie anyway, a live action, where Batman, he, he has chase sequences, but where he actually jumps on the top of a car and try to get like the driver or the passenger out of it. We've seen that a lot in comics and animated movies, but in live action, I think that's going to be so cool, especially that it's the Joker. I mean, we'll see if he ends up catching him or if he escapes, but just to see him like on top of the car trying to get him out, uh, I can't wait to see the sequence. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think it's going to be a flashback or is it something that's going to happen actually in the suicide squad? Yeah, you see, I don't know. It's like they're – maybe I'm just confusing myself because like, I'm thinking Justice League. Batman's going to be busy with the Justice League. So how is he going to come back to Gotham or wherever this takes place? and deal with the joker yeah to me i don't think even if that is the way it goes i won't have a hard time dealing with that because Bat, that's what batman always does maybe he'll throw like the part-timer card <laughs> when they establish their team like he did in the animated series but i'm just thinking it well yeah i don't know i first i think it was going to be a flashback at least some of the joker harley stuff we got where she wasn't in her makeup but i mean you see both of them clearly in their makeup here so yeah I don't know. It's, see, yeah. some people are worried that we're getting too many images and the movie's being spoiled, but we really don't know <laughs> what's going on in these images, like the context yeah, I mean, of it all. So. They're still pictures. Exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell what they're doing. I mean, yeah, you see Batman on top of the uh, the Joker's car, but what is he doing up there? How did he get up there? And is he Will trying he to stop the Joker? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. But, um, Another big piece of news uh, this these past two weeks is that the Aquaman movie has got a director now, James Wan, who did uh, uh, Furious 7 and The Conjuring and those Saw movies. Uh, it's a horror director doing Aquaman? I mean, it's kind of weird, but yeah, I, mean, I guess he's good. I mean, but, I, I was just going to say, he obviously uh, proved he can do action stuff with Furious 7. I haven't seen it, but I'm people i know who like those movies and i saw twitter and stuff everyone said it's really good yeah but you see here's the thing i'm afraid that he's just one of those directors like that guy that was supposed to do the hobbit where guillermo del toro (laughs) yeah he hasn't really done a good movie but yet people are crazy about the guy because he he does like these weird sort of movies that kind of play to a certain audience and people go crazy over it. You know yeah, what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. Even though I really like Pacific Rim, though, so I'll give that for Del Toro. But I know we, I kind of see what you're saying. But I mean, I, there's obviously fans of the Saw movies that had tons of sequels, so the first one yeah. <laughs> must have been a hit with people. But um, I'm just, I'm, I'll just say it right now. I haven't seen any of his movies, so 
I'm just going off of what people are saying and their reactions, and it seems like everyone's excited about this choice. Like I said, I guess everyone really liked that Furious 7. They're excited to see what he'll do as far as action sequences go with Aquaman. But, yeah, but you see, those are people that like the Fast and the Furious franchise. And, like, The, the Conjuring is horror fans, right? Yeah. And I'm afraid he's one of those cult directors that hasn't really done anything um, good. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people go to see his movies. Have you seen Furious 7? No. Okay. Yeah, neither have I. So. Yeah. I've seen The Conjuring, though, but I don't remember it. I, mean, I was thinking, too, they, maybe they wanted to use some of the horror aspects. Because um, in the new 52, when uh, Aquaman, his first issue, or at least his first arc, you had like that, those creatures that were lived, like lived deep beneath the ocean. They were kind of yeah. like these monsters, like it was in the trench, I believe it was called. When maybe they're going to go like have some sequences with them or not. Just maybe like a horror sequence. Yeah. With like those type of monsters, but kind of like, I just uh, kind of hope they stick with black Manta as the main threat though. <laughs> kind of like, um, in Spider-Man two, you know, when, uh, uh, Doc Ock attacks that, uh, that uh, hospital room, it's yeah. supposed to be like a horror thing. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that. But I mean, I'm just hoping he's a good director and he's not one of these cult directors that, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like uh, like people that say they like the Muppets, where you know if you're over the age of eight and you like still like the Muppets, it's kind of creepy. Hey, the Muppets are funny, man. <laughs> I guess yeah, but it's like, oh, <laughs> like it's for kids and it's kind of creepy. It's kind of like living at living with your parents, you know, when you're 25 years old. It's like <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, but <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I, I'm just hoping that. He's not one of these kind of directors that I he's po- he's only popular because he plays to a certain audience, mm-hmm. and he's not the technically the the best director, you know. Yeah, well, we'll see. I just hope they kind of let their directors like bring their own stuff, own style to all these movies, and they're just not necessarily like yeah have to have the same tone that Zack Snyder is doing. So all the DC movies you can tell are connected. But just, yeah. you know, bring your own style. They could still be connected, but have it be like your own, like leave your own stamp on it. Or it's it's kind of like this. Uh, James Wan kind of reminds me of um, that guy who did District 9. Like oh, District okay. 9 was a good movie, but Elysium wasn't that good. And yeah, I didn't like this, that, that Chappie movie got terrible reviews. But, but yeah, people went to see it. And because they're a fan of the director because he plays to the certain kind of audience that likes this AI sort of futuristic thing. You know, the one problem I have with him, I think his name is Neil Blomkamp, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love District 9. I thought that was great. But it's like my thing with him is all his movies have that same style, like post-apocalyptic, like wasteland type. Yeah, uh, everything's very bright. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like try to do something different. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know, these were... I'm just happy the DC movie universe is moving forward slowly but surely. I mean, Wonder Woman has a director, now yep. Aquaman. So Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm glad Aquaman has a director and, you know, they're, they're going in the right direction, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so basically my thing, if people I saw who I kind of trust are excited about it, then I guess I'm excited since I can't speak from experience from seeing his movies. So I'll just go with the majority of people think. So you, yeah, you just go what other people think. You don't have your own opinions. Yeah, you really can't have one. Yeah, so hopefully they'll be right. 
Oh, if that's the case, then Tim, you know what I've heard from a lot of people? I've heard that the A's are the best baseball team in Major League Baseball. <laughs> well, those people are delusional when you just look at the records. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the worst record in Major in Major League Baseball. Is it the worst? Yeah, it's like maybe it's down the worst there. in the AL, but is it the worst in the whole league? I mean, the the Marlins have to have a crappier record. Yeah, than I know they're ten games under. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the A's are like seven, eight. Okay, so they're not technically the worst in baseball. <laughs> yeah, but they're pretty bad. Yeah. Well, not when they play the Yankees. They show that they oh, can actually yeah. beat someone. <laughs> yeah, and sweeping the Tigers, which is really, really nice. If only the A's could beat the, the Tigers. <laughs> if only the A's could beat the Tigers in... Uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> this one little bit of redemption here, or is it like, man, doesn't make up for <laughs> the past doesn't two years. Doesn't really make up for it. Because, yeah. I mean, two years in a row, Tim. Two years in a row, they lost. Yeah, it's true. At least they didn't lose in four. Because that would have been embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> At least they pushed it to a game five. Yeah. <laughs> or, sorry, three. Three, sorry. That would have been worse, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that's it, right? Yeah. It's all the big news story in the Batman slash DC universe for this past two weeks. All right, so we can move on to my favorite, favorite part of the podcast, which is uh, a conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. So this episode is gonna, only going to be a uh, conversation with Alex because yeah. Alex is the only one that emailed us. Like the old days. <laughs> yep. So Alex is like our... What is he like? He's like our um, he's like our minor league team. <laughs> it's like there's always something there. Like whenever we need him, yeah, whenever he'll be there need. to help us out. Yeah, and I guess uh, Mike and Mark are kind of like um, uh, Albert Pujols, <laughs> a big contract star player, but. He shouldn't have gotten that contract, and he's almost forty. I bet they wish. I bet they wish they were able to pull holes without money. <laughs> Should they love to have two hundred and seventy-five million in their pocket? <laughs> Is that how much his contract was worth? Yeah, I think just a little bit under three. Two hundred seventy million over ten years for a thirty-two-year-old. <laughs> and they're already regretting it three years in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's kind of like. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least he's big contract. <laughs> big contract, and he didn't play at all last year because he got suspended. It was, which was actually a blessing, so it worked out. <laughs> we got to deal with him. But Earl he's doing good this year, so I can't really complain about his production. We're kind of like Derek Jeter. Should have retired like five years ago, uh-huh, but he's still go. going on and on. No, no, for no, no reason. <laughs> his career ended perfectly. He's kind of like Michael. He he he's like Michael Jordan. It's like he should have just finished his career and you know just just lived off his money for the rest of. The what he's doing life, now? He know? ended his career perfectly. I don't see how no, he, he did. He, he held on for too long. No, he made, yes, his numbers went down and his defense went down, but it wasn't like he was a totally unproductive player. I mean, come on, his final at bat at Yankee Stadium was a game-winning hit. I mean, how cool was that? That's because he got lucky, Tim. Oh yeah. I mean. Cause, he he was on the decline for at least at that point, I'd say, 
five years. No, no. Yeah. Two at 2008. The most. 2008, he should have retired. He had one good, he had a really good bounce back. I think it was 2012, and then he got hurt. That's what did it. <sighs> tore up his ankle, and then the next two years, he was trying to come back from that. He never fully did. I'm just saying, 2008, 2009, he should have retired. Hey, he got his ring in 2009, so he figured, hey, I could maybe get a few more, and he almost did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he almost did. It's kind of like Michael Jordan going to the Washington Wizards. <laughs> or the <laughs> Chicago White Sox. <laughs> yeah, the White Sox. Hey, he was a decent hitter. I mean, uh, Wait, people give him a lot of crap, especially for a complete amateur that has no experience playing baseball. Yeah, I'll give him that, but I, I wouldn't call him a decent hitter. <laughs> Well, he was barely, barely above average. I mean, above the Mendoza line. Below average. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Five rings. Uh, he got uh, multiple all-star appearances. Tons and tons of money, to say the least. The only thing missing from his career was an MVP. So I, I'd say all in all, it was a successful career from, begin- from start to finish. Yeah, you're right. It was a successful career, but he should have just ended it earlier i said from start to finish <laughs> yeah yeah he should have ended it earlier because <laughs> you don't want to turn into michael jordan where you make a comeback and it just is not working but he didn't make a comeback though <laughs> he was always there yeah but he got hurt and but he like, still had to fulfill his contract yeah but he was out for a long time and like i guess but <laughs> can't believe i had to defend jeter's career <laughs> <laughs> Or he's like Mark Mulder. Just like, just give it up already. Wow. You're an old man already. <laughs> yeah, you're going straight to the minors. You're you didn't not even make, make his comeback. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to make any major league roster. So just, I mean, I know people say that you should never give up, but in this case, I think he should have gave up. Just like Barry Zito, I think Barry Zito should kind of retire already. I mean, it's kind of he's got his ring. Yeah. I mean, he saved him in that series, too, so he yeah, has two yeah, rings, he, actually, yeah. Should have just went out on the high note, but now he's wallowing in the AAA ball. <laughs> but anyway. Back to Alex. <laughs> yeah. How do we even get on I know, I'm trying to think. Oh, because you compared him to our minor league team. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Alex uh, sent us an email. He says, hey, bad fans without a cause and a pair of pants. <laughs> it could be our next name next year, yeah. so... Uh, he says, great episode, fellas. I was happy to hear Josh on the podcast. Josh's de- defense, defense of Bane is one of my favorite moments on the podcast. Anytime someone defends Bane is awesome by my book. I cry a little every time I see an interpretation of him outside of outside the 90s because he's such a bloated mess, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yep. I think I might have talked about my love for Bane on this podcast before, so I'll move on. I think Josh made an interesting point about Bruce being absent so long from his point from, from his book and oh absent so long from his book and how it ties with the fandom for the character. I agree that Bruce shouldn't die early, but I just want death to matter and for things to progress. Although if Snyder wanted to tell a great bat a great story of Batman dying, maybe some fans would would have preferred Endgame to be more of an elseworlds elseworld story. And waited down the line to give him a big send-off. Dark Knight Returns, Long Halloween, and The Killing Joke, Dane's favorite story. Really? Is that my favorite story? (laughs) It's the one you love to talk about. Come on, let's be honest. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I guess so. 
are some of the most beloved Batman stories because the writers weren't forced to work their story into larger continuity infrastructure. I guess readers will just have to wait to see how the bunny bat story plays out. <laughs> Sneak peek was pretty sweet. I'm looking forward to Tim's review of them. I haven't gotten around to the Star Wars books you recommended for me yet, but I just finished reading the Star Wars Lord, Star Wars Lords of the Sith book. So they, good. Yeah. They had it at my library, so I decided to check it out. I'm grateful that they listed the canon out in the opening pages, since I always thought it was overwhelming to get into the Star Wars universe beyond the movies. I assume the Clone Wars was just a marketing tool to get kids into the Star Wars canon. I'm sure that series is a lot of kid is a lot of kids' first experience of Star Wars, so it might it must be neat for them to have such a different perspective on the story. Batman was such a big inspiration for me as a kid that I wanted to grow up to be a detective and police officer. Hopefully, kids don't take too much inspiration from the hero Anakin and get crazy delusions of grandeur, grandeur <laughs> and obsess after. Had me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when talking about kids like being obsessed or whatever with Anakin. I remember someone reporting or telling a story how his kids were like so into Clone Wars and loved like Anakin, and then he finally showed him Revenge of the Sith and how like they couldn't sleep at night after watching it, seeing what happened to Anakin at the end. So it's like, yeah, it's, it, to me that just establishes how great of a job, the Clone Wars, and just the story yeah. arc for Anakin in general goes, and this had its effect on those kids. I mean, they were devastated after seeing Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and you know, I was watching, I was re-watching Phantom Menace, mm. and you know when um, everybody has the, um, the the Jedi funeral for, um, or the Viking funeral for Qui-Gon? <laughs> yeah. Um, did you ever notice uh, Palpatine's face? Yeah, like when that when the camera like pans over to him. Yeah, yeah. I, when Dr. Never Yoda says, that before. "Really, you never noticed that?" <laughs> no, and he. I mean, he has such a, a look of like, yes, things are finally going going my way. Yeah, like first, like phase one complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Even though he didn't want to lose Darth Maul, but <laughs> <laughs> he got well, he became Chancellor. That's what was important. Yeah, and in uh, in Attack of the Clones, he becomes Supreme Chancellor. <laughs> and with uh, emergency war powers. Yep. Which is scary. And then finally, Emperor. Yeah, so. But now we're going to have a supreme leader in The Force Awakens. Who's going to be the supreme leader? Supreme leader Snoke. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Andy Serkis. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Curious, but he's definitely going to be an alien, it looks like, or someone. Because yeah. he's all in his mocap suit in that image. Yeah. So. That's uh, only a few months away. We're actually we're in June, so whenever we hit the 18th of this month, we'll officially just be halfway there in six months. Oh man, <laughs> can you believe it? Yeah, but who's that? Um, that silver chrome stormtrooper, Captain Phasma is her name. Yeah, Captain Phasma. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that design. That's like my favorite costume so far in <laughs> The Force Awakens. Yeah. I just love how the chrome looks and with that cape. This looks so cool. Yeah, and um, the actress is a good actress. She's on Game of Thrones. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, she's a good actress. That's what I hear. Again, <laughs> it's not what I haven't seen in anything, but going by the general audience reaction, so 
Well, she hasn't really been in anything besides Game of Thrones. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, of course, Alex has questions. And his first question is, what comics, movies, or novels have you gone back to after many years and had a totally different perspective on after your initial time reading or watching them? Are there some you couldn't stand and now love or some you loved but are now puzzled why you liked it in the first place? See... Uh, one that came to mind recently, maybe about a year ago, I watched uh, the Dick Tracy movie, and I loved that movie as a kid. I like, I was so into it, and then it's been a while since I watched it. So when I watched it last year, it was like, ooh man, this does not hold up <laughs> too good. I mean, that this even like from a movie making standpoint, the editing of it and the pacing was all off. It was like quick cuts to like quick scenes that are, like don't even matter, and then it goes to another scene so quickly, and then. Yeah, it just was not good. I I like the look of it still, like the old pulp comic booky, uh, like old like forty style look that it had. But when it comes down to it, it's like I just thought to myself, man, must I must have just saw it once as a kid, or not just once, but just a few times. But because I didn't remember when I saw it again, I was like, man, <laughs> I couldn't believe I was that much into it as a kid. Because like I was obsessed for it for a little bit when like the time period it was out, but. Yeah, and looking back on it now, it's like, nah, it does not hold up too good. And as an honorable mention, uh, this last week I watched Superman 4, <laughs> The Question oh. Piece. And back then I knew it wasn't that great, but seeing it now, which I haven't seen in a long time, it was like worse than I remember. Like, oh man, <laughs> the stuff they had Superman do and have him not do it, it was so crazy. It's so, man, like the only way you could watch it and get enjoyment out of it is seeing the awesome performance that Christopher Reeve always gives. <laughs> just but what he had to work with in there was just so so bad. <laughs> so yeah, those would be me, my two. Yeah, for me, uh, I had to really think about this one, and I think I'm going to say the first Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> I remember when that movie came out. Uh, my grandparents took me to see it. I'm sure my cousins loved it. <laughs> yeah, and I remember that 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 was like the coolest movie. And I, uh, I bought, I think it was one of the worst games ever made, uh, the Sub Zero Mortal Kombat game. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, j- just like, just like I said, it, I I thought that was the coolest movie ever. And then I saw it on like TBS or something. Like, I'd say like a year or two ago, and I was like, how could I ever think that this was good? <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I guess it was because I was a kid, and yeah. they're trying to appeal to kids. But even the action sequence don't hold up, I take it. <laughs> no, <laughs> like they don't. The I mean, it's like, it's just bad. <laughs> it's like badly <laughs> choreographed, and like the, the CGI is bad. And yeah, I mean yeah, that that's just a terrible movie. <laughs> no, I would like to see them try Dick Tracy again. I mean, it's a cool concept. This, but they had like a great set of villains that at least visually look <laughs> interesting to see on a movie screen. So if yeah. they could ever get it done right, I think it'd be cool to see again. Well, another movie is. Um, uh, I was just talking about this movie, and it reminded me of how good it was, and then I rented it. And it wasn't that good. Um, Hot Shots with uh, Charlie Sheen. I think I saw that once and don't really remember it at all. (laughs) Yeah, I remember I used to like that movie when I was a kid. Like I always used to 
to watch that movie, but like I watched it recently, and like the jokes just don't work. Yeah. I mean, it's just so slapstick, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> but, you know, another obvious one that we were just talking about earlier. No, Batman, Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Forever. I mean, Batman I really Batman. liked it as a kid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but that's one I saw a lot, and then progressively, was, that one didn't have a big a gap where it's like. I didn't watch it for a few years, and then I went back to it, and then realized that it's not as good. It was like slowly, progressively, and I was like, oh, "This isn't." It's like, man, not as good. Man, this isn't too good. Man, this is pretty bad. Oh man! <laughs> like, especially as I saw, I've read more comics and like more episodes of Batman: The Animated yeah, Series yeah. and Justice League and all that. It's like, oh man! So it, it's, it's like you totally forget that you ever thought it was good. Yep. And then when you do realize that you used to think it was good. You think to yourself, how could I ever think that this was good? <laughs> the only person smart at that time was my dad. I remember we were sitting in the movie theaters, and for some reason I had to switch seats with somebody, so I sat by him. I'm like, yeah. so how do you like it? He's like, you know what? This isn't really very good. I'm not liking it. I'm like, what? You're crazy. You're not a Batman fan. <laughs> You're just a hater, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, then how right he was. <laughs> See, you should have just listened to your dad, too. I know. Always listen to your parents. Yep. Always remember kids. That's the most important thing. Listen to your parents. <laughs> um, but his second question is, um, hold on. Oh, uh, what are the main reasons why Batman connects to so many people as, about, as opposed to so many other fictional characters? Well, Alex, I think Le- Legends of the Night just totally answers that. Very true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just, I think, too, the, it's a big factor, I think, that the fact that he's just a normal human being without powers and he's doing all this through, like, dedication and training and skills. So I think that resonates a lot with people because when it comes down to it, he's just a normal guy, just like you and me. Is, of course, like I said, with the training and all that and the dedication, but it's something that could be done if you aspire to that. So I think that is, like, what appeals to a lot of people, too. It's like the fantasy that can be a reality if you <laughs> really try and really wanted to. It's like it is possible for there to be a Batman. Yeah, if you really, 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 really try hard. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Batwing and like Batboats and <laughs> might be a little more hard to pull off, but you could probably get a Batmobile out there. Well, all right. That's our uh, listener feedback slash conversation with Alex for this episode. And now we can move on to uh, our comic book reviews. That's it, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so for this episode, it's only going to be one. It's going to be Batman Beyond number one. Um, and Tim has, has some very strong feelings about this. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> okay. So first off, i got to think of a good rating scale. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, well, first off, I should say, I read this one. Oh, you did read it? Yeah, I read it. Okay, um, awesome. <laughs> But I'm so curious to hear what you think because okay. you're such the diehard fan. Yep. <laughs> but um, your rating scale for this episode is going to be um, the amount or years that passed <laughs> that thing. Derek Jeter should have gotten out. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking something on the lines of Jeter too, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Okay, Batman Beyond number one. So I don't need to say how big a fan I am of Batman Beyond. So 
Uh, first, let me just say I'm so glad we're back to normal monthly comics now. The convergence is over. <laughs> I pretty much didn't get any DC books for like the past two months. It's so glad to be back. I mean, they're launching their whole new DCU initiative and status quo changes left and right. And, you know, the continuities are out there <laughs> for writers to play with. So it, I think the continuity is a mess now after convergence. But for the most part, I'm just glad I could go back to getting some normal books. But Batman Beyond, um, I'll just say right off the bat, I was disappointed with this issue. I really did not care for it. And I think the big reason really is it's a number one issue. And I knew going in, there's going to be some connections to Future Zen, which, you know, I didn't read. Don't plan on reading her. It wasn't that great. But I think to get the full enjoyment out of this, there was really like a lot of stuff mentioned in here that I was not necessarily lost on, but stuff that I felt, oh, I should, probably should go back and read that. And like, it, it would have been a lot better if I knew the Future Zen story, because I just think for being a number one, it had too much references to that and didn't establish itself as its own like new beginning for a new story arc that it just you pretty much really needed to read Future Zen to get the full scope and I think enjoyment out of this. So that was a big turnoff. And I just uh, didn't feel like Batman Beyond to me as far as still seeing the classic suit, which is awesome. And I'm even open to the idea of Tim being the new Batman in this era. I think that's kind of a cool twist. So I want to see him kind of see what it's like to try to live up to the legacy that Terry built up, not even just Bruce, but Terry. So I was all up for that. But the issue, I mean, it starts with a probably the best part of it was him taking on this Joker's game, trying to like take this cube that, uh, is protecting Gotham with this, it's called the Veil, which is like a shield that protects Gotham from Brother Eye, because apparently in future ends, Brother Eye is what destroyed pretty much a good portion of uh, New York City and like that area of the country, but Gotham was able to be saved. But if that uh, cube gets removed, then Brother Eye will get to notice it, and then it'll probably destroy it. So, that then the whole thing is, spoiler alert, as we said, that Terry died in Future's End, and there was a lot of reference to that where like, uh, should I have read it to get this enjoyment? But at the same time, like, no, this is a number one. Like, I shouldn't have to if I really, if they really want to get new readers jumping on here. This is kind of good because they always say we want new readers to just jump in. And for the most part, as being diehard comic fans, we're not necessarily new readers because we're reading old stories. But for this one in particular, I kind of felt like I'm a new reader jumping in because I did not read Future's End. And it was kind of a put off <laughs> as I'm reading through this, knowing that I should have read it. Because we get this moment where uh, Tim is at. He's winning with Matt, uh, Terry's brother, Matt, and this woman named Nora. And it's obviously they know each other already. But as you're, as I'm reading this for the first time, I'm like, who is this Nora person? Like, what's their connection? I mean, she says she took Tim or Terry's brother in once he died. So, but I just know there's more to her that I'm missing in the future's end. So that was a little bit frustrating. And then at the end, basically they... Uh, Tim has to go to this POW camp to try to find some survivors in Gotham. Who, again, another thing that's like would get more <laughs> useful if I had information from Future Zen. But uh, they just said they were captured here because it's all from Brother Eye, and he has this like Superman robot that's kind of like Darth Maul from the Clone Wars <laughs> with spider robotic legs that he has to fight. I thought that was a pretty underwhelming action sequence. And then it, when Terry inf infiltrates this POW camp. He meets some familiar faces in Max that we know from uh, the Batman Beyond universe. And then we get the like the big shock reveal at the end was that Barbara Gordon is there and she knew him as Red Robin. And she looks a lot younger than we're used to in uh, 
the animated series Batman Beyond. So that was a little different. And the other big thing here too, we're so used to the Terry Bruce dynamic in Batman Beyond, and now um, it looks like uh, Tim has an AI in his suit, which is named Alfred, um, which which is kind of cool. But we'll see if that is able to replace the Terry and Bruce dynamic. I didn't really get that with this. It felt more like Iron Man and Jarvis that we see in those movies. So it looked like they were trying to go that route. So yeah, I just really didn't get into the story. I felt it relied too much on Future's End. Oh, and another little nitpick. I had problems uh, putting a voice to this version of Tim as Batman because I'm so used to Terry McGinnis's voice and Will uh, Fredo doing the voice. It's like it's so established in your head because he's the only one who does it. So I keep hearing that voice as I read it. Like, no, that's not Terry. It's Tim. I gotta find a new voice for him. And I didn't find it as I was reading the issue. So yeah, I'm disappointed. So I'm gonna stick with it at least for the first arc to see if I get invested in it. But it just really doesn't feel like Batman Beyond. Even though I knew it was going to be different, it just felt a little too different and, like I said, relied too much on what happened at Future's End. So I'm just going to give it two out of five uh, years that passed that Jeter should have retired. So he stayed on not too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of the same thing that you just said. Oh, nice. But, <laughs> not um, uh, that, Tim not finding his voice because – I was, I mean, I know this is just the first issue, but um, I'm thinking Terry and not Tim, and that's the problem. I mean, it was great seeing Tim, but because I haven't seen him in a bat book for so long. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was in Teen Titans, but that doesn't really count. Um, so yeah, like I, I was thinking Terry, 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 and then it's Tim, who, by the way, looks just like bruce for for no reason i just i just thought that was weird too he just that's another like thing bruce. too like i don't know because he looks a lot older than he was in the teen titan books did like when he jumped to the future did he age at all like did something happen with that in futures then like stuff like that where i'm not too sure on what's going yeah. on yeah well i mean you, you would know better than me um and that whole thing with uh with uh terry's brother mm-hmm. was kind of weird because oh yeah I, I just didn't really – I mean I haven't been keeping up with the book and I don't know if that's in there before. If it's – Like the whole thing he, was him saying, oh, the shoots the suit should be mine and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, all that, that stuff and um, the Jokers again. I, I, I have to say the Jokers because I don't like – I don't like the Jokers. I don't know why the Jokers are Terry's <laughs> like Joker – <laughs> I mean, they can't find one thing that worked, one other thing that worked besides A, the Jokers, and B, people that are connected to the Joker in some way. Yeah, they seem, I mean, I like the concept, but they are overused a lot in a lot of Batman yeah. Beyond comic stories. That is true. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I think if you're not a Batman Beyond fan like you are, Tim, the story comes off all right. It's just confusing to, to just jump off. I mean, jump on right there. Um, and I got to see it, Tim. I kind of like where this story is going. Where really? uh, Terry, I mean, not, see there, I just did it again. Yeah, but- <laughs> Terry, where Tim is going to go into that prison and, and Barbara's there. I, I just think that that can maybe lead to something good. It's possible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was just so disappointed with a lot of stuff where, like I said, I just didn't get the impact I think it was going for. And I just think 
I mean, this is the number one issue. Again, I'm just reiterating that, how important that should be, where, you know, like, it makes you think that, oh, you already know what, like I said, that they expect you to know what happens in future ends, what happened to Terry and Tim, and at least have, like, like when Marvel does, I like how it has the recap page before the issue starts to get you a little caught up. But DC thinks that's lazy writing as I'm using quotation marks with my fingers. <laughs> but I don't think that's the case. Or at least have like a little flashback moment that shows what happened to Terry and Tim taking on the mantle. I think it would have been cool that as we're reading this issue and it's you're thinking it's Terry here. But at the end, it gets revealed that it's not and it's Tim. And that's like a big shocker. But again, they're trying to play in with Future's End. So... Maybe it's my fault I didn't read Future's End. I'm not getting the full aspect of the story. But at the same time, for number one, like I said, they're trying to make it so easy for new readers to jump onto. I, I thought they failed in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the diehard Batman Beyond fan like you are, Tim. Yeah. Uh, I did have some problems with it, especially the Tim Terry thing. Uh, but... And... Another thing too is I was kind of confused about how like this timeline and trying to jump back into Terry's timeline and Ter- uh, Tim thinks that he is in Terry's timeline. Yeah, so I, I bet Future Zen's like <laughs> cause a bunch of time paradoxes or timeline issues. That we're- yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's what I don't like about these time travel stories is they they just get too confusing and trying to jump into somebody's timeline and you're in the wrong timeline and everything is reversed or something like Superman's a bad guy. I did like seeing Superman because a, he reminded me of Darth, Darth Maul from the Clone Wars. Like you said, (laughs) I don't know. I just like seeing Superman getting beat up (laughs) or not really beat up in this one, but shocked and flying off. Yeah. (laughs) Which is pretty cool. So I'm gonna, pro- I'm probably gonna give this one. Uh, I'm gonna give this a three out of five years that Derek Jeter's career went on and on and on and on. <laughs> so even three is not too long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thankful that. This whole continuity is not part of the animated series continuity that Kyle Higgins did in his Batman Beyond uh, 2.0 run. Because yeah. That was so good. Let's leave that alone. If this was part of that continuity, oh boy, I'd be probably having fits left and right. <laughs> You'd probably drop the book. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have picked it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, that's why I'm really willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. It's its own separate thing. So hopefully it gets better. Yeah, hopefully. And I will keep up this time. Okay, good. So we could bounce off each other with this. Yeah, one. yeah. Be <laughs> because you're the diehard fan, and I'm kind of like the casual yeah. Batman Beyond fan. Uh, I don't have as strong feelings as you do about, <laughs> exactly. about how t- Tim slash Terry slash whoever you want it to be uh, should be. So uh, with that, we're done with this episode. That was our only comic. Um, not a lot out this week, these past two weeks. So... Uh, so that's tempted, it for us. I was tempted to pick up Batmite, but I, when I was getting my books, I forgot about it. <laughs> like, I wanted to flip through it there, and I, when I like, was in my car driving, I was like, oh, shoot, Batmite, I forgot. <laughs> but, Did you read um, Wonder Woman? No. Oh. I was just wondering if it's still good, or as good as you. Wondering about Shit. Wonder Woman? That sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> Two wonders in there. Just yeah. wondering about Wonder Woman. Yeah, like 
I, I stopped after Brian Azzarello's run ended, and I've heard it wasn't that good. So yeah, okay, so and it's still the so, Finch team. So <laughs> kind I'm of sure a, the art looks great, but I heard it. What is it, him and his wife are doing it, and then I just heard that yeah. it hasn't been the greatest. But Justice League, I did get Justice League. That was a big book. <laughs> so yeah. Setting up this whole Dark Side War, it's it's definitely setting up some cool stuff. I'm intrigued with it. I thought it was good. Yeah, okay. Batman didn't have much to do in it, though. I mean, because the whole thing is Darkseid has a daughter. Like, Darkseid's daughter is like half Darkseid, but then half Amazon, too. And then her and the Anti-Monitor are, like, establishing war against Darkseid because that's the way the Anti-Monitor wants to rid himself of, like, being the destroyer of worlds. And for some reason, uh, Darkseid holds the key to that. So we'll see. What's up with all these villains having daughters? Like Joker's daughter. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Riddler's daughter. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, At least Darkseid's real, though. <laughs> this is biological daughter. Oh, uh, uh, Katrina Falcone. The cat girl. Yeah, <laughs> cat girl. girl. <laughs> she hasn't made an appearance in uh, the new Fifty Two, has she? Nope. And let's hope it keeps that, stays that way. <laughs> Unless someone does such a great job, where they make her such a really good character, then yeah. But oh, they're really gonna have to try for that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, they, uh, that's it from us. Just go over to BatmanUniverse.net. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse. We're on Twitter and Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. And t- Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. And mine is at DaneSaysBanana. And our show's podcast, uh, our show's Twitter is at BatFans27. Uh, and you can you can email us at uh, batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com, just like Alex did. Alex is old reliable. It's kind of like that that Honda hatchback that you should have gotten, gotten rid of like, 10 years ago, but you just hold on to it because it gets you where you need to go. That's what Alex is like. Uh, he's going to love all these comparisons. He's like a Honda hatchback <laughs> from the 80s, champagne-colored. <laughs> paint color <laughs> um, but yeah that's it from us so uh, we'll just say we love you we love you very very much every single one of you that's listening to this we love you just remember if you ever feel alone in this world that Tim and Dane love you and and we love you very much but we'll see you in the, and we'll see you guys next time right Tim yeah, so you can take that to the bank Take that to the bank and cash it. Yeah. But I'll post date the check, though. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to put under the uh, description? Uh, to all the listeners that we love. Oh, okay. Do That's not it. cash till 2030. <laughs> <laughs> do not cash till 2030. Unless Tim wins the lottery. Yes. <laughs> I become the richest person in the podcast until 4:30. Son.